Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. Oh, man, September has arrived, which means that we literally only have about four months left in the year, and that is just one of the craziest, craziest, craziest thoughts for me. Like, it's just so wild how much has transpired in 2021 how crazy this year has been. It's just been such a crazy year. I thought 2020 was wild, but 2021 just had so much external noise and things happening and us versus them and so much division and noise, which has created a much deeper reasoning to go into ourselves, to do the work, to really find that groundedness. And I... I'm really excited to be sharing this month's or August monthly reflection episode. It was just such a beautiful month with so many lessons, so much healing, so much awareness. And in this month's episode, I really dive into more of my processes, more of how I'm sort of evolving this reflection process to really pay attention to the triggers, the role that my inner child plays, and just so much more. I mean, my relationship with myself has been something that I've been really unpacking over the last year. And I feel like the deeper I get into that journey, the more I learn to unveil the layers of doubt and judgment and insecurity that exist within the deeper levels of love and safety that I find in my life. And that's something we really unpack on this episode. You know, I had a few really powerful experiences in the month that led to some incredible journeys within that brought about a lot of healing and a lot of Awareness is around how I can trust myself deeper. And I think that's what's cool about having a monthly reflection process. And now that we've done, you know, nine or is it eight of these episodes this year already? Like I'm not just finding patterns from one month. I'm actually finding patterns from eight. And in that I can find the core themes that are emerging in my own journey. And that's just what we unpack on this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. If you haven't already subscribed to us on iTunes, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. And if any of this is helpful for you, please reach out to me, leave a review, let me know how this content and these conversations are inspiring your work because I want to know. And I'm just so grateful, excited, and proud. Um, I'm just proud to be on this journey with you guys. And I'm just so grateful that you guys choose to lean into these episodes as inspiration for your own journey. And I hope that some of my own lessons and some of my own experiences and the vulnerability with which we unpack them all help you in your journey. So enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, here is August's monthly reflection episode. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having an amazing day so far. Ah, welcome back, Georgina, literally one of my favorite human beings on the planet. So good to be back, and I can't believe how I'm looking at today. You look very different to normal. What happened? I'll tell you this, like, okay, the the hair has been a journey, (laughs) Just put that there. I hadn't cut my hair since February of 2020. So it was before COVID. You know, once COVID happened, my hair started growing out. And then, you know, I had my breakup. And then I started going down a very interesting path of spirituality and growth and trying to find like just more centeredness and groundedness within myself, which then it was almost like the hair was an extension of a very chaotic period of time. It's the best way I can describe it. Like my, my hair was a main. Yeah. It was going in every direction. It was electric. It was all over the place. And that was kind of like 
a metaphor for how I was feeling on the inside. Like I was desperately seeking for that sense of solid groundedness, those roots that couldn't be like the tree trunk that couldn't be swayed by the wind in a storm. And, and so the hair kept growing, kept growing. And, you know, this year in particular has been just such a challenging year for me in so many ways. Like I, I've just had so many business ups and downs. I've had big deals fall through. I had several home runs that I was shooting for swing and miss. And I really got thrown into just interesting financial situations that pushed my own sort of identity and my ego. It pushed, it pushed me to really find groundedness and solidness in something beneath success or something beneath anything material or anything that can come from external validation. Like I really had to look for it and feel it. And this is a crazy, this is a crazy story. So just to give you context, a a small glimpse into how wild some of the experiences I've had this year are like back in early August, I had a, you know, we have a, a line of credit for one of my companies, you know, in the amount of a million dollars. So like the company can borrow up to a million dollars from a bank. You know, we had a balance on the, on the company and we've used it to really grow the company and, you know, invest in it and all that stuff. And, you know, they asked us to submit paperwork. We did and did everything right, followed to the T. And out of nowhere on a random Tuesday morning, I wake up and I look inside of my bank account and we are $960,000 in the red. What the heck? And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this and it says negative $960,000. And I... So imagine this, you wake up in the morning, you're making yourself your coffee, and then all of a sudden you go to your bank account, and you see negative $960,000. Like I was kind of shocked and floored. And then I realized that the line of credit, the bank had an error and they tried paying off the entire line with one swoop on a payment and they pulled out all the money. And when I called the bank, they said it was going to take several days to fix. So here I am trying to run a business, pay employees pay invoices and there's negative $960,000 in my bank account. And I remember in that moment though, like I panicked. I had this intense level of like fear. I started crying. I had this fear show up in my body and I was letting myself experience it. I was letting myself have the feelings I needed to have. I was letting myself push. And then I started taking action. And I started making plans and I started moving and I started being a leader. And I just felt myself show up in a way that I've been seeking, like that clarity, that level of solidness, the groundedness that I've been seeking for the last 18 months. I finally felt it in that moment, in those moments. And it just made me realize, like, I feel so solid in me. Like this year it was about pushing me to the limits. It was about removing things from me. It was about pulling the rug out from underneath me. It was about surrendering fully to the ideas that like I had this plan and these goals, everything was failing. And the universe was like, all right, Raj, I'm going to take everything away from you. How much do you trust me to take care of you? How much do you trust yourself to take care of you? And that last experience was like the last straw. I was like, how much do I really trust myself? And that's kind of been the core theme of August for me, which was really truly like, how much do I trust myself? How do I build greater trust with myself? The core of it, like when that experience happened, it just made me realize how far I've come. And, and that's what made me want to cut my hair. Like I just, I just felt like the long hair was representing a time in my life that I was just, I was trying to navigate chaos. And I was trying to find that centeredness and that solidness. And energetically, I feel like I cleared out whatever I was, I found what I was looking for. I feel it in my heart at least in that department of my life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, in, in that, I mean, there's a lot of areas in my life that I don't have things fully figured out. Like I'm still growing and learning and navigating the ups and downs and I still get triggered and I still have moments where like, I just feel so scared and insecure. And I feel like I've reached a certain point in my journey where I can just sit inside of all the experiences that are showing up in my life and meet it with grace and presence and not run from them. Like I don't, there's not a conversation that I run from now. There's not a difficult experience that I'm not okay with being inside of. Like I just, I think I've just evolved 
my sense of self to be able to meet life where it's at and just show up bigger if I need to and access deeper levels of trust and reserves within my being because I identify with something deeper than Raj. I identify with a much deeper sense of knowing in my heart. And so yeah, so I cut my hair and now you can see my ears again. Well, you can't really see my ears because I have headphones on, but I have ears and they're great, uh, normal sized, maybe a little bigger. I don't know, but I, uh, I just feel... I feel centered in that, and 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 it, and it feels good. It actually feels great. There's something about like I think just like I've, we've talked about this on previous reflection episodes, like physical purges, right? Like there's something about yeah, you can do an emotional purge, you can do a ceremony, you can do energetic purges, but there's something about like physically letting go of something, mm-hmm. whether it's hair or stuff that just like liberates you it's like there's like a lightness that just emerges on the other end of that and i feel that from me right now and it feels really good yeah, it looks really well thank you i appreciate that i love the symbolism as well how how you've been able to use something physical as a symbol for different stages of your life and that purge phase now that you're in the new identity that's arisen from that that just feels so powerful and what a powerful story i think we all have this opportunity like to choose when we've arrived. I think life is a journey and we go through different rites of passages in our lives where we, like there's chapters to our lives and we are at the core of it, the storytellers and the writers in our lives. And I think we get to choose when we've arrived. We get to choose when the chapter's closed. We get to choose. And I think that's one of the most powerful parts of being a sovereign being, a creator is that we have that agency and we have that ability to make a decision when we want to. And sometimes it takes us overcoming a lot of struggle. Sometimes it takes us seeing ourselves evolve and change and grow. Sometimes it takes us actually hitting a goal. Sometimes it takes us just having the awareness. Whatever the marker is that you need to give yourself that permission to rise, I think it's really beautiful to to know that you have that agency whenever you choose. And that's something that I've just, you know, I needed an experience like that to show me that I had arrived, but this is my next journey for me. It's like, why do I need external experiences to validate my internal experience? Why do I need something outside of me to tell me I've arrived? Why do I need someone else to validate what I'm experiencing inside of myself? And that's my next phase of my journey. And that's, you know, that's kind of where I'm growing into now is learning to trust and honor the experience that I'm having within me and trust and know that I am who I'm looking for. Like my validation is actually what I'm really seeking on the inside. My inner child is really seeking to know that I have his back, not that someone else outside of me has his back, that I have his back, that I support him no matter how irrational he might be, that I am holding the space for him. And that's really, truly, I think, where I'm, I'm getting to. And I'm, it's been a, a long journey there. I'm still not there. It's, it's something I'm leaning into. And it's something I think this month has really shown me a lot of that, that energetic sort of shift from needing external experiences from the universe, needing external people, whether it's my parents or my girlfriend or my, my business partner or anybody, really, my audience, it doesn't matter, like everything outside of me, why do I need that validation? Why, like, what, like, how can I give myself the validation that I seek in the external? So I think that's probably something a lot of people experience is this kind of need for external validation. And can you answer that question? Like, why do you need that external validation? Like, why do we come to this realization that that's where we are? Um, that we need to seek something different? Well, I think at the core of it, you know, we all have a need to feel seen, to feel heard, and to feel, feel that. Like, we all want to feel that. We all want to feel unconditional love and acceptance for who we are. And a lot of times when we're as children, like, I know we build these ideas that we have to be a certain way, or we have to show up a certain way, or we have to fulfill certain needs for someone else in order to actually get that fulfilled for you. And I think that takes some time to become aware of and then unlearn. I'm still unlearning that. Like that's still a real part of my journey, which is unlearning that the needs that other people may have from me are not real. Like it's 
like the the things I think I need to do to get validation are not real. Those that's a story in my mind that's driving a set of behaviors that are based on how I think someone else needs me to be. But that thought process was developed when I was younger. Can you give us an example to to make that really clear? So you're saying about how what you think they need they don't really need. Yeah, talk us through that because again, I think this is a really common thing that people experience. And I can only speak from my experience, right? I might think that my partner needs me to show up a certain way for her because that's how I saw love modeled in my life. And so I might be sacrificing my own needs to get external validation from her without actually asking her, is that what she needs? I might be acting on a script that I learned from somewhere else to fulfill a need when that may not actually be the core thing that's needed. And I think we do that in all of our relationships. Like I show up in ways for my parents thinking that this is what I think they want from me when that's not maybe what they want. But in my heart, in my mind, like my inner child has this, this rule set, this experience that's just his experience. And it's a dance, right? It's learning to honor what you feel is true. And that's my work. And it's learning to create the space for like, okay, like what is it that the people in my life truly need? And can I provide that in a way that's authentic to me instead of doing it so I can get external validation, so I can get validated, so I can be shown that I'm worthy, so I can be enough. So all these scripts can just run on a never ending cycle. Like if we're constantly thinking that something outside of you is going to give you that feeling of satisfaction, we are going to continue being on this hamster wheel of life. Because the thing you're actually seeking outside of you from someone else is the thing you need from you. If you need someone else to validate you, what you really need is for you to actually validate your needs and to be like, you know what? It's okay for me to want that. I can't tell you how many people literally like, and me included, this is all coming from my, and this is my truth, right? So I'm speaking from my experience. Like I don't speak from other people's experiences. I just speak from mine and what I see in the community amongst people in my own life that are doing the work and facing similar demons and dragons. I feel this need to be something that I'm not, because that is what I was taught in order to get love. And the most powerful thing I've been able to do is to truly acknowledge that need without judging it. Like not judge the fact that, oh, Raj, like you feel like you need to be something else to get like, no, don't judge it. Actually hold the space for my inner child to have those fears that if I am myself, no one will love me. While also then holding powerfully in that and validating the experience so that I can be rooted in love. So I can be rooted in greater levels of self-love. And I don't actually think you can show up for other people until you show up for yourself. And that's something I've just been taught over and over and over again. It's, I just, I have to show up for myself. I have to give myself what I need. I cannot keep asking other people to give me what I need because I'm the only one who knows the unique cocktail of swirling, like emotions that are happening inside of me. Like I can describe it. I can ask for all I want and I can't expect someone else. And that's, you know, the biggest, one of the bigger lessons is like the expectations that I put on someone else to fulfill a need for me are actually the things I need to fulfill in myself. Right. It's that ultimate mirror. <laughs> that's what it feels like. You're just describing there's the things that you think you need from outside yourself, learning to find them and discover them inside you. Well, the expectations we put on others are like, it's like, ah, I really need this person to give me love and affection and appreciation. Well, how do you validate your own experience? It's like honoring you. And, and I think that's where my work is. This is where my work is, is really leaning into understanding why I need certain things from certain people and, and leaning into relationship as a, as a perfect, like, you know, mm -hmm. I've really learned to kind of lean into my relationship with Gina as a, as a, as a playground and a hotbed for healing a lot of these insecurities that might be showing up, the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, and really leaning into allowing my needs to be shared, but really, really creating a safe space so that I can validate my needs and name them. Right. Like if I feel like I'm not getting a certain level of affection or something, I can name that need. And in that space, we can both unpack, you know, where's that need coming from? Is this something I could actually provide you or is this something that you need to be giving yourself? 
those are the conversations that I think, I think that's why it's really helpful to have a buddy to do healing work with. Like I found whether you're in an intimate relationship or not, like having an accountability buddy, like it's almost like somebody who's also working on themselves that you can just have a space for and hold mirror, like be a mirror for, for them so that they can continue just, just, just through thoughtful questions and asking like, so that they can get to the core. It's like, that to me is super helpful. And I, I feel very grateful that I have that in a relationship and, and, and something that I think can be created with people. If you have people in your life that are interested in personal development, like this is, this is what that's for. Like it's to, it's to, it's to ask for that and to name those needs and to practice being in that space of questioning and curiosity and just, and, and listening. But that, that's been a really big learning for me and the expectations that I put on others there's a piece of validation that I need for myself and there's a piece of healing that I have to do on my own before I can actually lean into a conversation with someone else for that relationship to thrive. But until you heal your relationship with you, you cannot actually meet someone else and heal the total relationship with them. And that's something I've just really been, it's just been brought into my awareness a lot this month. I'm curious. I don't know what the answer to this, but I'm curious to know what you think in terms of, like healing the relationship with yourself, do you feel that is something that you can spend your whole life doing? Or do you feel that you can do that and then there's another level beyond that to experience? So I think that, you know, the journey of learning to love, accept and experience more levels of peace and gratitude and inspiration in your heart, like that's a lifelong journey. You're never truly finished. Like I actually had this conversation with a friend of mine the other day, like the more awareness you build... The, the the more awareness you have of like the good and the bad, there's both. Like you see all of it, you feel all of it. Like I do think that the more you learn to heal and become aware of your triggers and wounds and, and to me, like the guys like doing the work is about, you know, this is, this is what helps me stay grounded. Like the more I know about myself, the more awareness I build around me and my being, I really feel like, you know, building awareness of yourself is, is, is one of the most healing things we can do. And you're always going to have deeper levels of awareness because you don't know what you don't know. Like one of the biggest things, you know, I've been really leaning into this month, actually, like I used to get triggered by life. So like something would happen in my life, an event that would happen that would then lead to me getting some level of a trigger, which then I can lean into to learn from and unpack. Like, why did this thing make me so angry or afraid or jealous or thing? Like what a part, like, what about this? Like, like I can dissect it through a journaling process and really going into it and then go back and look at like what other times have I experienced this in my life? Like that's usually my pattern. But this month was the first time I really actually got a chance to be triggered by my dreams. Can I just clarify? Do you mean like the dream you want to achieve or do you mean the dreams you have at night? The dreams I have at night. Oh, wow. So a few weeks ago, I had a dream where I woke up with just an intense level of like anxiety in my heart. And I'm like, I woke up feeling really unsettled and not good. Like I just felt really afraid. I'll share what the dream was and kind of what ensued afterwards. But the dream was, you know, I was on this chase. Like I was running from a bunch of ninjas that were trying to kill me and capture me because they thought I was the worst person in the world. Wow. And in the dream, I was just like, man, I don't know what I did wrong. I did nothing wrong. Like, why are these ninjas after me? And like, I truly was clueless as to why these ninjas thought I was the worst person in the world. And they just kept running after me. And then like, I kept jumping and I kept, you know, going to my headquarters and all my friends and family were around me. And all of them were like, Raj, what did you do wrong? Why are these ninjas after you? And I was like, guys, I really don't know. I don't know what I did wrong. And they're like, okay, they kept fighting the ninjas for me. They kept being on my side, but there was this level of doubt. It's like, oh, Raj isn't telling us something. And there was like this fear that all my friends and family were going to abandon me and leave me because of something that I didn't know I did or this thing that I didn't know that I was doing or this thing I was unaware of. And, and then I woke up and, you know, Gina was sleeping right next to me and I was just like in panic and she helped me calm down and breathe. And then we like un talked about it and unpacked it. And, and when I went into the journaling space and I really sat with it and tried understanding what I was trying to 
what my dream was trying to tell me, it came down to, I came to this awareness that in the dream, people not trusting me was almost like me not trusting me because I've just learned that, right? Like with mirror work, it's always about like the thing that you see other people not doing to you is actually what you're not doing to yourself because what you see in others is what you see in yourself. Mm -hmm. So other people not trusting me was actually a proxy for me not trusting me, which then made me really examine like, why don't I trust myself? And what experiences do I feel like I'm BSing myself? Like what parts of my life do I feel like I'm not being honest and truthful with, with me? And then I started looking at projects and businesses and opportunities and like deals and conversations that I've had. And, you know, there have been certain things in my mind that I've justified as like, no, this is solid. This is great. This is awesome. But in my heart, I'm like, this doesn't feel right. But on paper or in the world, if I talk to someone else, they're like, oh, Raj, that's perfect. You did nothing wrong. That's great. You're fine. But in my heart, I'm like, ah, no, something doesn't feel right. And because I'm not allowing that inner child in me, that wise, wise, wise child in me, that's feeling like something is off. The child doesn't know why. He doesn't understand. He doesn't have the brain that I do. But the child in me is like, something's off. And I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I don't like the way this feels. Why are you doing this? That's how my child sounds. In my mind, I'm like, shut up, child. Like, you don't know anything. Because this is how the world is. This is how the way business is always done. This is da-da-da-da-da. And I realized how much mistrust I had with myself because I wasn't allowing and validating my inner child's experience, like my inner child's feelings. Like I wasn't, it doesn't matter what, if what the world says is right and what the world says is wrong. If in my heart, I feel like something's not right, that's the only truth that matters. So it feels like you're expressing these two levels of insight. So on the one hand, your mind, the logical piece had these ideas, but the heart was overriding them. And now you've been learning to discern between which is the one you need to follow and hear and, and honor. And that's why this has been such a powerful month of learning to trust myself, right? I said that at the beginning of the episode, like, can I trust what my heart feels like in my heart? Like, can I trust that experience to be true for me? And not need someone else to say, hey, Raj, that's right. Or, hey, Raj, that's wrong. Like, can I just actually validate it for myself? Because, and act in that accordance. Like, I actually don't care if no one else is doing it this way. This is what I feel like is the right thing to do in my heart. Because that's what my heart says. And trust that. And if something feels off, don't try and override it with my mind by saying, wow, this is how everyone else does stuff. Why can't you just be like everyone else, Raj? It's learning to honor my needs, to honor my truth, to honor my heart, to honor the tough decisions that I might have to make that might actually piss a bunch of people off, mm -hmm. that might break a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. that other people might not get. It's like walking away from a big opportunity that everyone else is like, oh my God, dude, why would you walk away from this? It's in my heart. We're walking away from a relationship that on paper was amazing. Like, oh my God, Raj, like, what are you doing? Why are you screwing this up? There's this consistencies, like, and I just feel it in my heart. Like my heart, my heart knows a lot more than I've given it credit. And I think I've, I've, I've tried to justify and rationalize what I feel in my heart instead of just accepting it and embracing it and not needing other people to tell me that I'm right or wrong. And also understanding mm -hmm. that my heart might, it's only right for me. Right. What I'm feeling in my heart may not be true for everyone else. It may not be true for someone else, but it's true for me. Which is the most important thing, right? For creating our own life, it's got to be from us, from who we are, who we are inherently. And there's a dance, right? And this is the dance that I'm learning to really lean into and master in the, like right now, like I really want to master is like, how do I validate my own experience and trust my heart while also meeting the world where it's at? Let's talk about that. That's really interesting. That like that dance, right? Because like, there's this level of acceptance that you have for you and your experience, no matter how real or unreal it is. It's in your heart, so it's real for you. Mm -hmm. While also honoring that someone else might be having a different experience, someone else's upbringing might be leading them to make a different set of choices. Their truth and the way that they saw the situation might be way different than the way your heart experiences it right now. In fact, they might not even be thinking the things you're feeling right now. Right? Yeah, exactly. You, right? <laughs> exactly. And that's what I've been learning. Like, you know, I've had to say things to people 
in the last 30 days that they weren't thinking or feeling, but I had to express it because it was just in my heart. And there's nothing I can get. And it's, and, I, and I'm just realizing more and more and more for me, I have to learn to just, I don't need anyone else to validate that heart piece because it's true. If, it, if it's in my heart, it's true. Yeah, and that, that comes from source, or that is your inherent wisdom. Or maybe, okay, let me, let me evolve that answer. It's not that if it's in my heart, it's true. It's if it's in my heart, stay curious instead of dismissing it. If it's against what the narrative is saying, if it's against what's happening in the world, if it's against what all your friends are doing, if it's against it, but it's in your heart, stay curious. Don't write it off. Because that's what creates mistrust. That's what creates the, because then you're just abandoning what you're feeling. And that's, that's the equivalent of you abandoning yourself. Like as a, like you're literally leaving the child and saying your, what you're feeling doesn't matter. And if you do that enough times, you're actually going to get to a space where you just don't trust yourself. And I think as well, that there's something around we're building new things now, right? In the world, aren't we? This is, this is this new age of, of being. And if this wisdom, this heart wisdom that is different from what maybe other people are doing or what the world is doing, what the status quo is saying, it doesn't surprise me that people like you have these new visions, have these new ways of understanding, have these new ideas, because this is how we're going to evolve by having this fresh, this fresh focus on something different. And, and I love it comes down to this, this place of trust, like coming back to who you are. Can I trust this knowing inside me enough to take action on it? rather than saying, oh, no, silly, that's silly, because everyone else is doing something different. It takes so much courage to do that. And I'm not saying it's about being reactive to what you feel in your heart. It's feeling, right? So there's a lot of wisdom in feeling. Like I see, I think I used to do this too. Like I would feel something that I didn't want to feel, and then I would try to go solve it, get rid of it, fix it. I think I'm just learning to trust that. Like, and, well, here's, here's, here's what I'm realizing, you know, because you don't want to take action on what you feel in the moment, like I used to do that all the time. Like I'd be like, oh, I feel this thing. So I need to like blah, get it out because I don't want to feel that. Or like, like I, it's like this, like this discomfort, which is sitting with the feeling. And I think that what I've been learning over time is that when we can allow ourselves to truly get intimate with our heart space and be curious, and that's what I'm learning. Like I think last month I was around the self-critic, right? The, the self-critic piece, like really unraveling that. Like now that the self-critic has evolved... And I'm really shifting away from that, that voice for myself. It's like, okay, like how can I not just judge what I'm experiencing, but more so be curious and stay open to what this feeling might be teaching me. Are there parts of myself that I actually am not being in integrity with? Are there actions that I'm taking that are out of alignment? Is there something that I did wrong? Did I really hurt this person? And can I sit with the reality of it can I be in it and allow it to, to guide a greater level of acceptance for myself? And, and I really feel like that's the piece. Like, it's not about dismissing the mind and the role it plays in our lives because the mind is an absolute servant, uh, or not a servant, but it's an absolute powerful tool, but it is a servant to the heart. It is using the mind without leaning into the heart just leaves into a very incomplete experience because the mind is just constantly trying to project what it knows. The mind just goes into the past and says, this is how you've always been. This is how you've, what you've always done. This is how things have always are. And it's just up here. And it's not something that actually comes into your heart, which is much more expansive. Your heart is connected to a much deeper well of wisdom. It's, it's synthesizing so much more. Your subconscious. When I think of the heart, I think of the subconscious. I think of you know, all of that sort of amorphous data that's sitting inside of our being and our body and our souls that is accessed through the feeling, is accessed through presence, it's accessed through really sitting with those parts of ours, the uncomfortable emotions. The emotions are teachers, the most powerful teachers. Incorporating that data into our decision-making process allows a greater level of leadership, it allows a greater level of awareness, it allows a greater, more aligned set of actions and decisions that are in integrity with who you are. And, you know, I think I've just been realizing you know, I've grown a lot faster than my life catches up to. It's like I grow, 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 but then life doesn't change as fast. So it's not that I'm not operating from my heart right now. 
It's that I made decisions in the past that weren't in alignment with who I am today. And my heart is screaming out against those. And so it's like, my heart is screaming out against the way it's always been. My heart is screaming out against making the same mistakes over and over again. It's, it's, it's tired of having the same fights. It's tired of having the same arguments. And so it's, it's now leaning into the heart and being like, okay, maybe the mind doesn't really know. I had a really beautiful yoga class. Uh, I went to a yoga class a few weeks ago and the teacher, he, he mentioned, stop searching, start creating. Because if you're searching, you're constantly looking for something that's happened already and you're only going to get the same thing over and over and over again. And when we can start creating in the moment, we're creating from our, you're, you're, you're tapping into what's true and what's present. And you're not living in the past. You're not living in a loop. You're not li- living in a space where it's always been that way. You're actually coming back to this moment and you're just honoring what's here. And then you're taking the next steps and you're saying the right thing. You're saying the next thing and you're just moving in that meandering direction from what's present in the now. And I think that's what our, when we trust our feelings, that's what that allows us to do. It allows us to be sort of like a compass for the now. Instead of this projection that's happening from where we were and where we like I just I feel like living in our minds just we're living in our we're living in our traumas we're living in our past we're living in our unmet needs we're living in the way it's always been and it's a break that I think it truly does require you to get into the heart would you like to share some things you're doing that are enabling you to live in this more heart center place meditation for me in this season of my life like meditation has been massively valuable and and when I say meditation I'm really sitting with my feelings I pay attention to my emotional swings. So when I get triggered, I actually start journaling and I make it a point to really like unpack when I'm emotionally charged. Like I try to do it when I'm emotionally charged. Like I don't wait to settle down and then I do it. And like when I'm charged, I sit down and I journal and I unpack and I feel and I go into it deeper. That's me. I know that's hard. I'm not saying it's, it's everybody's a cup of tea, but for me, that's what's useful. And once I unpack and feel, I have the courage to have conversations with others, um, like if I need to. Can you share how, how are you able to journal in that place of rawness without judging the emotion? Like just, especially when it's a, like a challenging emotion, how, how do you do that? It's, it's actually kind of funny. So me and a dear friend of mine are developing a tool right now, which we'll make available to people at a later date, little sneak peek. Um, but we're developing a tool right now that, that allows you to answer a set of questions that help you to go deeper and deeper and deeper into those without judging the emotions. And so what, what I call it is like we're logging a trigger. So the practice is not about judging what you write or writing perfectly. It's just about getting everything that's out in its raw state so that you can come back to it later when you have clarity and sanity. Because when we can capture what's true in the moment, it's super true. Like you can always come back and judge it later. Yeah. The judging it later part, it's like almost saving the judgment for later. Right now, it's just about getting what's true out and as messy as it needs to be. Because what I've found in my own practices is the language that we use to describe what's happening is actually telling of where the wound is showing up in the first place. Well, give us some examples. So like, I might say, so for example, you know, I was unpacking this with a dear friend of like the dream that I had, right? I was unpacking it with a dear friend of mine. And when I was describing what was happening, I kept saying it was like I was going out to war. It was going out to fight. And she kept saying, Raj, like, I don't really feel like you have a lot of like war fighter energy in you. I don't know, like, did you have to fight as you were a child? Like you had a pretty loving, I had a very love, my parents never hurt me. I had a very loving household, but there's that fighter language. So she's like, okay, that's really interesting. So where do we think that's coming from? Is it something you learn? Is it something that's coming from a past life? Is it something that's like, let's unpack it. So it allows me to get more awareness around like, what is the actual core wound? And I think that's what's so important because if we can begin to, from, from a place of just logging things as they happen, and then maybe at the end of the month, coming back and looking at all your logs, looking at all your journal entries, 
and really saying like, okay, like, and this is what I do on a monthly basis. Like this is what these monthly reflection episodes are, right? Like I have my triggering emotions. I have my triggering events. And then I go back through the month and I look at everything and I try to find what's true. I try to find the lessons. I try to find the patterns. Like, oh my God, I had this triggering event and that triggering event. What were similar about them? What are earlier times in my life that I've experienced something like that? And I'm looking for the clues and the patterns in the way that I describe things. And then I bring that data to my coaches, my mentors, my friends, and then we unpack it together. And I do that for other people as well. And we help each other get to the core wounds. Why is it so important to get to the core wounds? What, what does that, how does that serve you? I think that if you don't actually find the core wounds that's, so I, I, I like to believe this is, and this is actually proven in science now. And, and, and as the more you study trauma, the more it's real. Like most behaviors, beliefs, stories originate from like a core experience that then gets validated over and over and over again because you're acting out the same story over and over and over again. So you might have multiple experiences when you were 24 that your parents didn't love you. And then you have another experience at 19 that your sister didn't love you. And then you have this thing but at the core of it, it goes back down to a core belief, a core story, a core idea that energetically charges all of the different triggers and experiences in your life. And what I find is that most people take a core event and they take that to their therapist to talk through it without actually trying to unpack where it's coming from and why it exists and what caused it to exist and who, what is the core energy of it. And when we can understand the core energy of it, we know what to heal. We know what to work on. We know where to go to help for. We know how to be more effective in therapy. We know that we start to ask around like, hey, I have this thing that I'm struggling with. How do I get rid of it? Is it plant medicine? Is it therapy? Is it meditation? Is it breath work? Is it, we can have a more targeted healing experience by knowing what we're working on and knowing what we want to heal. And that's what I've just learned through my monthly reflection process is when we can start to find the patterns in the way we express ourselves. And this is why journaling is such a powerful practice for me. It's because literally the way I describe something in the moment that I'm feeling it, and this is why I journal every day. I reflect every day. I capture things when they're happening because if you wait too long from a trigger, it turns into a beautiful thing. You see the blessings in it over time. It's like, all right, that trigger then led me to have this. And then all of a sudden it doesn't have the juice in it. So when we can allow ourselves to be messy, and this is something that I have to allow myself consistently, is to messily just put down what's real in the moment, whether it's true or not. Whether it's right or wrong, whether it's true or not true, it's just what is happening in the moment. Because in the moment, you're feeling this for a reason. And if you're not allowing yourself to feel what's there, you're denying yourself the opportunity to actually heal what might not be in congruence, true love with unconditional love. Like there's this faulty belief, this story that's not real and true that's creating all this dissonance in your life that you have an opportunity to actually heal and let go if you become aware of it. And I think that that to me is what the gift can be of like truly being aware of your, this is why awareness work is so powerful for me. This is why journey work is so empowerful. This is why like me really leaning into doing this work, like I've found like the most the most powerful way that I stay grounded is by it's not any one practice. It's a set of practices that help me become more aware of the things that are creating dissonance for myself. Because I truly just want peace. I want love. I want joy. I want the best relationships with the, with the people in my life. And if I can't have that right now for whatever reason, there's something I get to heal in myself that can allow the space for that to exist. And, and, and I am taking leadership for myself. Like that's all I can do. I cannot change someone else. I cannot make someone else give me what I think I need. I can't, I can only accept people as they are. And that is difficult. We all want better for people in our lives. Like we all think we know what's best for them and core of it. We don't only, they know what's best for them. And all we can do is heal the parts of us that feel like they need the world around us to be different in order for us to feel safe. Like all we can do is truly heal and give ourselves the freedom to feel safe in any experience that exists. And I think that's what true healing is. And when the more we can do that, the more grounded we are. We're not as, as, as rattled by life. We're not as shaken by obstacles. We're not, like we truly are just grounded. 
in who we are because we realize it's our experience of this life. Like we are creating and experiencing this life. And although we might be reacting to something outside of us at the core of it, we are conscious beings having an experience and every experience is teaching us. It's giving us a clue to get us back to that, that state of enlightenment, that state of unconditional love, that deep level of soul truth that sits so much deeper than any one, any one experience you might be having. So beautiful. So I, and I love that we've talked about like what stay grounded means as well. And that sense of being able to find somewhere you can come back to in yourself rather than being so triggered by the outside world, just find that place within that everything feels calm and peace and loving. It's just so beautiful. And thanks for sharing that journaling practice. And as a journaler myself, I love the idea that the way you write, you can actually start to, that the words you're using, you can start to see was actually happening because of what you're saying that that is that's i love that tip thank you so much i'm definitely going to take that one. pattern matching is the ultimate skill set i think right like you know i think that's what has made me successful as an entrepreneur it's being able to see the patterns in what makes businesses successful it's being able to study successful people and being able to see all the commonalities it's and it's also what's allowed me to heal and go deeper into myself. It's looking at my past and looking at the way I've shown up and being able to identify the similarities and what works and what doesn't work. And you know, so I think pattern matching can be applied to any level of any anything you're doing in your life. And it's one of the most valuable skill sets you can build, which is why I think working on yourself in this way is one of the most valuable skill sets anyone can build. This is what I taught. I wish they taught in schools you know, how to, how to pattern match. Like this is, I think the ultimate skill set, And it's something that, that it's a muscle that can be built because once you can find patterns in one area of life, you can find patterns in others. And it's what truly allows you to evolve. Like I think evolution is pattern matching. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you can find the patterns in anything, you just continue growing. So on the theme of patterns, if you had to find the thread that went through this month of August, what would be the thread? What's the word you'd, you'd pull out to summarize? I would have to go back to self-trust, really. This is what's so beautiful about the monthly reflection episodes. Like I go deeper and deeper and deeper into the fundamentals of who I am. And the more triggers I uncover, the more work I do, the more commonalities I can find across not just the one month, but now nine months of work, right? Like we're in September now. It's like we're, the year's almost done. So like I have nine months of data, nine months of experiences, nine months for me to now process and look and Mm -hmm. find the patterns. And I, I feel like for me, it's just self-trust. Like every month, it's just going deeper into how much do I really trust myself and how much do I trust myself to give myself what I need or to ask for what I need or how much do I trust myself to, to navigate a sticky situation? How much do I trust myself to make a mistake and then being able to navigate what's next? How much do I trust myself to be present and just know that presence is what truly matters. Like, I don't actually have to think 10 steps ahead. I can just be in the now. That takes a daring level of self-trust to not plan 10 steps ahead. But it's like, okay, you can throw me in any situation and I can figure it out. Everything for me is about just, I think, self-trust and learning to truly be the healing I've been looking for. Like, be the person I've been looking for. Love it. I think that's the common thread. I, I just feel so much in my heart that I have been seeking externally what now I realize only I can give me. And I have to give myself the permission to give me exactly what I need, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how out of the box, no matter how irrational it is, I have to give myself what I need. And I have to allow myself to see me as me before I can really show up for others and show up the way I want to for the people in my life. And so that's something I'm just really learning. And I'm learning, guys. I, I, I want to emphasize this. Like, I am learning. I am practicing. These episodes are just me sharing what's working for me and me failing along the way. Like, that's, if you're not failing, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not really pushing yourself into areas and places that you've never been. And you know, the quality of your life is determined by the number of difficult conversations you're willing to have. And the most difficult conversation we can all have is the one with ourselves. I think that's the, that's the thing I'm learning to truly take with me into September is, is really looking at myself and saying, how many areas of my life have I been looking for external support and validation? And, and how can I find that within and not need anything from others, but truly just receive 
what others have to offer with a full and grateful heart. And to me, that's, that's where I'm headed. That's, that's my journey. And, and I really hope that this, this month's episode um, helped you unpack something beautiful for yourself. And I'm just so grateful that I get to do this. Well, one last question. How did you stay grounded in August? Nature. Really, I, I took a week-long trip uh, with Gina and her family to Tennessee. And we spent a week on a boat surrounded by nature and not much internet, just true, true, true connection with nature, which was true connection with me. And that's actually where I had my dream. It was in that level of safety being held by the the embrace of mother nature and inside of the stillness and the quietness of all of it that I had some of my deepest fears emerge. And I think there's something really beautiful about us being a part of nature and nature being us and 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 we are we are we are made of the same elements that make up nature we are we are nature and we are one with this earth and i'm and i think for me the more i return back to that fundamental truth that you know this earth is is here to hold us and protect us and love us no matter how much we hurt it which is the wildest part no matter how much we take from mother earth she's always here to love us and hold us and protect us and if that's not a mirror for what's possible when we learn to unconditionally love ourselves and I don't know what is. So I think nature and, and the role that she has so beautifully played in my, in my month, in my life has allowed me to connect with a deeper level of love within myself that has in turn helped me just stay grounded and rooted in me last month. Amazing. That trip sounds amazing. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty delightful. I need more of it. But Thank anyways, you. guys, I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. And that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. If you had a big takeaway, reach out to me. I want to hear from you. I love hearing from you. But until next time, this is from your friend, Georgina, and your host, Raj. Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.